There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up, what's up, what's up? Welcome into the Orange Zone Podcast. We are your place for all things Syracuse Orange. I'm Tommy Sladek. This is Samantha Cross, and we have Rachel Culver on the producer mic. Again, welcome in. You can find all of our podcasts on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're watching from YouTube, what up? Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you guys making the time, and, and we love this show, and we're getting into some two-a-weeks now. Feels like it's like you know camp in high school football or high school sports, right? You're doing the two-a-days, getting into the action. And uh, what we got on tap for today is one of the biggest stories of the week, which is Jesse Edwards moving on from Syracuse basketball. What does that mean for SU? Why is he leaving? We get into an NIL overview plus transfer portal from this to have a really great discussion with it. And then from there, we'll be wrapping some things up with some SU women's and SU men's lacrosse and a preview to the weekend. And before we get into that, um, Sam was very, you were very nice to get us some coffee. You put out the text. He said, I know I'm making a Dunkin' run. What do you guys want? I'm a nice person. And I said, which I thought would be pretty normal, other than like this straw is like way too big, <laughs> like obnoxiously big for how small this is. But I said, I'll take a small cold brew black. To which Sam replied that she was not a fan of it. And I'm going to give you the floor to explain yourself um, as to why you're dissing my drink of choice. I I was really surprised, I want to say first of all. Okay. Shocked, disappointed, a little bit confused. Mm, because I feel like you are such a colorful and exciting person. Right. And to me... I think that when you get black coffee, it just is one of those things that strikes me as odd. Mm. Like, why would you not want to put in a little bit of some creamer or something to make it a little more flavorful? Now, I understand that everybody wants to taste the taste of coffee. Right. And you could see, if, if you go to my shot, Rachel, what my coffee looks like. Which it's is not, basically water. It's No. That no, is so it's light. Not. No, it's not. And now it's it, really it, it not. actually brings up a bigger question of it's how really much not. creamer is going in there or flavors going in I, there. I put two pumps of French vanilla swirl for a medium. And I would do one if it was a small. But I mean, that looks like iced tea. It's so light. <laughs> Listen, I also have some ice in there. I, I just think, why not? Why not make your coffee exciting? I get Why that. not put some sprinkles on your ice cream cone? Why not? It's it just a little additional umph to make the coffee a little more exciting and pleasurable. That's the way I feel. Here's the deal. I started off, as most people do, getting into coffee with like a you know caramel iced coffee. With, you're it, you're it about had to the, make me sound had, immature. It had the whole nine in it. <laughs> Back in and my day. And guess what? And guess what? As, as I've aged, as a, <laughs> as a millennial man myself, <laughs> I've come to learn that the best taste in coffee uh, is one that does not have anything that messes up the purity of what, what, what is what all you need. Uh, and, and all you need sometimes is just black coffee. And here's my issue with it. Do I, do I like having like a little bit of creamer in my hot coffee? Love it. But with cold brew, there's something about the cold brew putting like milk in or whatever that it loses the whole taste for me. And I really don't get that coffee at all after that. Um, Ra Rachel, are you, a, are you a coffee drinker in general? 
I just want to point out that you're speaking about this Dunkin' coffee like it's like the finest grown coffee bean. <laughs> this is this <laughs> was this was acquired from <laughs> the the uh, the hills of the rainforest okay. in in Colombia. Um, I do drink coffee. Yeah, I gotta say, um, not as much as I used to. I don't know something about it. I'm more of a tea person these days. Ooh, healthier maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say so. You ever have a like jasmine tea? You ever get into like the real, the real deal? Like kind of the um, you know, the black market stuff. Not black market, but it's 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 tougher to come by. It's not just your Lipton. Um, I think this is going down a road I'm unfamiliar. With. <laughs> <laughs> Bottom line: If you were gonna drink coffee, yes. creamer, creamer or not, just uh, give it to us straight. A little bit of creamer in my hot coffee all day. Cold brew, we're going black. All right, folks, this is our question of the day. There you go. So feel free to comment. Comment, let us know who's right, who's wrong, or if if, if maybe there's no right answer. But Maybe it just is what it is. But I'm right. Okay. Um, Let's get into it. Jesse Edwards, huge deal when this went down. And it was during the same day um, that, you know, the news of Adam Weitzman moving on from his NIL contributions with Syracuse um, became public. And so the fact that they were happening together was interesting because – the conversations and the stories, um, you know, somewhat overlapped because the Jesse backstory here is he is an international student from Amsterdam, Netherlands is here on what I believe is called an F1 student visa. And a part of that visa is you, in most ways, it's a, it's a student visa. You're here to learn. You're not here to work. Working is a different category. And the issue with what name, image, and likeness has done is it's made it incredibly difficult for international students to cash in on this. Um, pretty ridiculous in general. It feels like it should be a very one-swoop, let's get something passed here that allows this. Yet here we are to where, you know, two years in, and Jesse was not able to get what he he wanted here at Syracuse, but believes that he can get that elsewhere. So some clarification I yeah. need on that, because I see here it says um, Edwards, who is from the Netherlands, cannot earn money from NIL deals in the United States mm-hmm. due to his visa status. Right. If that's true and he can't get the NIL deals that he wants at Syracuse, why would he be able to get that somewhere else? Fantastic. I mean, that's the question of the week, right? And a part of that is just with what is such a... a uh, not revolving door, but a constant. It, it, it's it's so fluid, right? Things are ever changing with name, image, and likeness, and what the rules are. And a part of that is is getting these international students to be able to profit from this. And we've seen some some very obscure examples at other schools of um, you know a team was playing in the Bahamas. So while they were there, an NIL deal was able to get worked in. And ultimately, it's connecting. From what I can tell what you know immigration law and, and and all that is saying is possible is for you know companies or businesses in the Netherlands to work with Jesse and so there's almost that conversation that i guess some of these other schools believe that they could have there or they believe they found a loophole or a way around this that they know can't get them in trouble and that's the thing with this because breaking these rules is serious enough to where it could jeopardize someone like Jesse's future in the NBA. Like it's it's that hardcore. But whether that day would come, and what it, and is is to be seen. But it's enough of a risk that clearly it wasn't able to happen at Syracuse. And those conversations in that in that um, you know just 
I think that that type of talks had to have gone on, or because who would who would allow him to just walk from this? Right. And that is the curious part. And again, some of the schools listed here, I mean, he's essentially been contacted by everyone. Yeah. Georgia, LSU, Arkansas, West Virginia, BYU, Gonzaga, Seton Hall. The list just goes on and on. New today from Adam Zagoria, Texas Tech, Kansas, Michigan, Kansas State, Florida State. It's, it's, it's anywhere he wants. Everyone wants him, which first of all is an awesome position to be in. And before we move further, just a quick shout out to the guy. I mean, we talked about him, you know, a lot of the times when Moten was here, but this is someone who we can get to the stats in a minute, but this is just a good guy. You know, someone who we've interviewed in the locker room, always took the time to answer questions, always was calm, no matter what the Mm -hmm. outcome of the game was. And what struck me was always someone who took accountability. When he wasn't playing well, he said, this is my fault and I'm going to improve it. Right. Right. And then there's been other rumors about just, you know, kind of a deeper reason into the NIL. And again, this is it's all speculation right now just because of how quiet Syracuse is being on certain things. And then ultimately, you know, what Jesse is wanting to share. And that is that, um, you know, I was I was reading an article from Donna DeTota that said that Joe and Jesse, Joe being Joe Girard, that their their status here in the transfer portal can warrant a six-figure type deal. Six figures. I was not expecting that. And and could that be the reason why it couldn't happen here because they didn't want to put out those numbers? It's totally possible. But I know schools, I guess, that, that totally with their collectives can make this happen. And it just it brings in a bigger picture of is Syracuse a little bit behind than these other schools in getting these collectives in order and making it happen? Because whether you like it or not, the NIL is here. It's not going anywhere. And it's important to be staying ahead than a step behind. Absolutely. And I'll tell you what, like as a former college athlete, I will say that I did feel a lot of the times like – you're on top of all of your schoolwork and on top of all the things that normal students do. A lot of the times it does feel like a full-time job that at the time you weren't getting paid for. I mean, you, you know? would argue that, that you were, you were, you were working as an athlete 40 hours a week. Easy. I would 40. Let me think at least for me, maybe not 40, but I'm trying to think 30? like in, in season. Yeah. You're talking two hour practices, maybe three or two hour practices, six days a week, mm-hmm. an hour of film, a few days a week and lifting three times a week. I, w- I would probably say at least 20, but yeah. I mean that that's a lot of, so, so a part-time job we'll say, yeah. but to be doing all of that work and, and some would argue, well, they're paying for it in your scholarship if you're a scholarship player. And that's fair, I think. But at the same time, if you're a college kid and you have the opportunity to be making a hundred thousand plus dollars, yeah, that is a big deal. It's setting especially, you up for your future. And especially if you're making your school millions on top of that. Exactly. To say that the scholarship is enough there is it's bogus. It's just it's a your your argument falls flat. And and I, would I, agree. And I respect everyone's thoughts on it. And I understand the people that have been, you know, around college athletics or, you know, some people are just having a hard time with the whole thing. But at the end of the day, the NCAA has has taken in so much money and a piece needs to be given back to the players and the athletes that are making this all happen. I mean, that is the crazy thing. Like when you really think about it and you're right, I'm happy you brought that up because I was thinking more Colgate style since that's where I was. But obviously the, the bigger of a school and the more revenue that's being brought in, it is just a fact that none of this would be possible without the players. Right. That's why fans come. That's why, that's why all of this moves the way it does. So I, I total, I'm with you hundred percent on that. 
Yeah, big time. And so we'll see what happens with Jesse in terms of, you know, where he goes and what they're able to do in terms of working out a deal for him and and ultimately how that ends up working out, whether it is something that is some sort of connection right to his home country. I know there was an example of uh, some Penn State boosters that were actually there were billboard signs in Canada trying to work with their Canadian athletes to get something up there. So that is certainly a way around this. And and maybe a sc- all it takes really, right, is for there to be some of those businessmen over there. But the, the one thing before we just kind of move to this next step here, and that is, uh, um, you know, Rachel's trivia question. First, first trivia question, I believe, is that just to make things clear, the rule right now is when, you know, a player's in a transfer portal and, you know, they're looking into something – that those NIL conversations aren't really supposed to be happening until they're with that school or with, or be, or even before they're in the, after they're in the transfer portal, that's all happening before. Well, and I it's, mean, it's, it has to be. Cause and I, I know it's like, we're, we're beating a, a, a dead I horse mean, here, but it's, it's to think that, you know, Jesse would just completely try his luck without having any type of idea of that. There could be something out there is just, it's, yeah. Well, not to mention, keep in mind, in the article by Syracuse.com, it said it wasn't like he wasn't happy here. Totally. He Edwards to loved playing here. He yeah. wanted to stay. He liked the fans. He liked the Syracuse Orange culture. It was very specifically this NIL deal and, and what could not be worked out that I think ultimately pushed him to make that decision, according to his dad. And it stinks, but he's got to get that bag, and he deserves a bag. So go get your bag, Jesse. Uh, Rachel, trivia time. Yes, so obviously Jesse Edwards provided fantastic rim protection um, for oh, Syracuse yeah. when he was here over his last four years. I was wondering if you guys know who leads the Syracuse men basketball program in all-time blocks, and then there's a part two to that as well. Um, hmm. I will say, by the way, before I forget that Rachel wrote down Hunter Dickinson with Michigan. Big-time personality. Syracuse has been in contact with him. So that would be interesting to kind of replace one big man with another. All-time leader in blocks. Man, oh, man, oh, man. I should I should know this. I was wondering if you were going to start riffing on this, turning um, out names. All-time leader in blocks and blocks and blocks and blocks. I c- there's an easier part two to this if you want to start there maybe. Is Let's hear it. Is it. Yeah. All right. Who holds the record for most blocks in a single game? Is it Jesse? No. Oh. Um, I mean, naturally, I always think of the Hakeem Warwick block mm-hmm. in 03, but I don't think he's position-wise. I'd say it's probably – is it a center? Yes. Okay, okay. it is a center. <sighs> man, oh, man, oh, man. I can, I can provide a hint. I'm not going to be as evil as Brendan. Is it Derek Coleman? No. Mm. I thought you had it. Dang. Um, oh, man. All right, hint, hint. All right. My hint is that he's not the first Syracuse player to have this name or be referred to by this name. There's a very, very well-known Syracuse player that also uses this as his nickname. Oh, man. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. <laughs> um... Hold on. What are you looking at? I just need to. I just need to like. 
I just need to, I just need to like type in. <laughs> um, yeah, I kind of got nothing. Oh my gosh. Uh, what were, what were they called? They, we, we've talked about them before. The, um, was he a part of a dynamic duo? It doesn't ring a bell to me, but he could have been. Um, and he has a nickname. Why am I not getting this? Well, it's his real name, but someone else used it as a nickname, or it was a nickname. Mm. Um, I can give you a year, <laughs> a range. Yeah, sure. <laughs> All right. It was like 2010s. 2010s oh first single game first single game rakeem christmas nope uh it wouldn't be it wouldn't be um it wouldn't be marek right no Mm-mm. i don't know i think you gotta I, hit I, I don't i don't know so for all time mm-hmm. Etten thomas okay Mm. And then for single game, Fab Mello. Ah. See where I was going with that whole nickname thing? I do see it now. <laughs> um, and Thomas is very active on Twitter. Very, very active. Really? Yeah, very, yes. very involved in the Syracuse community to this he day. He is. He is. He has stayed, he has very much stayed in it. Um, good question. I, I, I was envisioning something way, way in the past. I was thinking like 70s, I, 80s, and I, I was just too, blanking. I, too, was, was more in the 70s, oh, 80s. the Louie and Bowie show. That yeah, was who I was thinking about. of, um, but that that really wouldn't. But have made it was, any sense. yeah, it wouldn't have made a difference. Uh, but anyway, let's ke- let's keep it moving. Um, anyway, for name, image, and likeness, just to kind of catch you up, it, it means through which college athletes are allowed to receive financial compensation refers to the use of an athlete's name, image, and likeness through marketing and promotional endeavors. This can include autograph signings, product endorsements, social media posts. And more. I'm quoting that right. And, and more. Before the introduction of NIL, college athletes were limited to scholarships and stipends due to the NCAA's quote-unquote principle of amateurism. Yawn. Which the NCAA <laughs> never explicitly defined as uh, defined a running theme, but ultimately it's something that was going on behind the scenes forever. And and ultimately now it's a little bit more controlled and it's just it's it's moving in a more positive direction direction uh are there kinks to be worked out for sure but let's go with this stat um sam more than 20 percent of scholarship d1 college basketball players have entered the transfer portal this year does that surprise you or not surprise you it doesn't surprise me but it is mind-blowing i mean i think what's so interesting and actually i'll bring rachel in here because we talked about this a little bit yesterday and i felt like this made a lot of sense we had a conversation about recruiting sure And Rachel, you kind of said that now it feels like with the current landscape that coaches have to recruit their players every year. Mm. And I think that's different than what it used to be, right? Very much so. Um, Instead of like, I think you can look at college basketball like previously before NIL, before the expansion of the transfer portal, all these things. I think you can look at it as there was two main seasons, right? That you had your in season where you're playing games, you were practicing, you were going to post like you were going to tournaments after the regular season, and then you had your off season where you spent that time recruiting. Now there's a whole new portion of college basketball and that's the transfer portal. Like Sam, we were talking about it yesterday, like 
a lot of these like people that are working in the sport and journalists that are following the game like after the NCAA tournament the day after used to be like their big rest day they would all take a deep breath but like now like the transfer portal just starts up and immediately names are jumping in and your recruiting starts as soon as literally the end of the tournament so I think it's just a whole new environment for especially for like older coaches that like have grown with the game right. in the past however long that they've been coaching you can look at Jim Beheim. like he started and the game was one way by the time he retired it was a completely different environment and like when you're approaching the years of your age where you're thinking about retirement like that's a lot to kind of carry when you're having to constantly think about recruiting and how you're going to build your team for next year 365 days a year completely agree and I think that absolutely comes into the timing of Jay Wright leaving right I yeah. mean, Jim Beheim had him by has him by twenty years, and he was like, "I'm I'm walking <laughs> out." I think that's yeah. just because he saw what is happening now and how much that product is changing. And he ultimately was like, "You know, I, I'm I'm not ready to start this. I don't want to. I don't want to do this type of coaching world." Um, and and ultimately, you know, you can not that it's a it's a young man's game, but it's someone you have to be willing to adapt to this. And if you're someone as a coach, even you know that's that's a legend. You've been doing it this way forever. You probably just don't want to deal with that. And that's and I, another thing yeah. that Sam and I were talking about yesterday, like with Adrian Autry and all he's known for in terms of recruiting. Like it is a really exciting prospect to think about him being able to like have like be at the helm of this in this yeah. new era. Like it is exciting to think about, and I think people should, as much as we are going to miss Jim Beheim like on the sidelines in this area. I think it's it's looking up at the same time. I mean, to your point, I think you have to be willing to play the game within the game now. Mm -hmm. Like you, you have to, you have to be willing to play because, you know, in a way it makes me feel really excited that Syracuse would have somebody like Adrian Autry at the helm who, since he started all of this and even, even prior to him getting the head coaching position, the big thing about him was he's a great recruiter. I mean, that like when has recruiting been more important and personal relationships and chemistry with your players than it is right now? You know, I think I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of a student athlete right now who does have the potential to be making a lot of money. And how do you weigh that compared to your own happiness and the people who you're playing with? And the possibility of success. I mean, all of those things I think are important. I don't think any student athlete would just tell you it's just about the money. What about the potential to win a national championship? What about do I like my teammates? Do I like the area I'm located in? And I think the more the more that you can make all those things seem exciting and seem fun, um, the more of those boxes you can check off, the higher of a chance that you will actually retain players. That's that's the game within the game is retention, in my opinion. Totally, but I think it's it's you you you'd be you'd have to be someone with with the horse blinders on to see it as just selling that culture, just selling that team, just selling that 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 program itself, and and not looking at the full scope. But I think you're right in the other way where it's foolish to think that all it is is what the NIL opportunity is. I think you, you could you could maybe even argue that it's 50-50 right now. I think 60-40. Yeah, I, I and, think it's a balancing game. You need to have they're they're both there now and you need to have both. And that's a part of the question going forward with Syracuse is can they provide both? I have I have 100% faith that Red's going to be able to do it on that side of things, the old school side. 
can the school help deliver for him in creating that other side with the NIL? I don't know. We'll find out. Producer Rachel's trivia part two. Money here, money there, money everywhere. Rach, hit it. Obviously, in the discussion of NIL, um, I was just taking a look at some of the numbers that were going around, and I was wondering (sighs) if you guys um, have any guesses as to who the highest paid athlete, both men and men's and women's college basketball, is on each side of the sport. Women's Angel Reese. Correct. Don't play that's, with me. That's the easy that. one. Well, that's who's the, easy the um? Who's the the young woman from LSU? The gymnast. The Doesn't gym- she make yes. bank? Okay, so she makes more than Angel Reese, <gasps> but she is one of the she is one of the like on the High, all across sports. And she's that's one the, of the leaders. And that's that's Olivia what, Dune, I believe was yeah. her name. But I was specifically college basketball. This okay, time. Angel Reese is number one. Um, men's side football, I believe this past season was. She said basketball. I know. I'm just saying in general. I think that was C.J. Stroud. I just had to get that was in my hand. I needed needed to release it. I understand. Men's basketball. This one's a little trickier. Interesting. I like this question a lot. And I'm thinking about the schools that they were at. Who has that money? Um, That might not be the best approach. That's what I was thinking. Also, just like random. Like you have to almost think like personality and who companies would be drawn to. Um, it's it's not gonna be I, I don't think a big like a a school you would expect or something. I'm gonna pull my I'm gonna pull my Rachel Culver card right here. Okay. Just knowing just knowing <laughs> her affinity for the Tar Heels. Is it Armando Baycott? It is not Armando ah! Baycott. I was I like the I like, like the way you think though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think he definitely did. He definitely is getting good money because he's still staying for another year. That was a good guess. Um interesting and part of me thinks maybe like uh i'm thinking like a Jaime cinderella with ucla or something oh like something very like very like it i, I don't know why I this coming to my head i know i know but she said don't think Sam's like that Sam's getting warm. okay so i'm, I'm, just, gonna, right I'm don't just gonna listen, guess. don't listen to my dumb, dumb what about head. what about like doug peterson nope but I'm warm. F- is it someone from Doug, FDU? Doug Ed- Edder? I'm, I'm sorry. I meant, I meant Doug Edder. I'm so sorry. I meant Doug Edder. Is okay. that so I, I knew what you meant. You no. knew what I meant. I knew what you meant. My fault. Um, it, is, it is not Doug Edder. Is it someone from FDU? It is not. Interesting. Interesting. I'm interesting. on the right track. You're, you have the right approach to your thinking. Um, were they in the tournament this past year? No. Oh. Interesting. Do we know the name? You'll know part of the name. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? You got it? Oh, well, I think that more ties that, that ties a little bit more to who they are as a person. Are they someone's son? That would be interesting. Are they someone's son? I say that indicating more so the name of the school than the actual name <sighs> of the player. Um, if you told us the school, would it give it away? No, <laughs> I don't think it would. I'm going to tell us. I'm going to go on a wild guess Do here. It. And just say Stanford. No. Mm. <laughs> hit, hit us with a school, and that she'll reveal. The school is Northwestern State. What? You're kidding. Hold on. What's the okay. what's it worth, and who is it? It is 1.5 million, and his name is Hansel Emanuel. He is the player that has one arm. I uh, yes. He has deals with Gatorade. And yes. Oh, I love that dude. I me too. Oh, yeah. I don't. You know what's you know what's funny. About I know this? exactly. Who, I know exactly who that is. I ain't even mad. We just went over two. 
Huh? That's how much I just enjoy those questions. I know. Rachel, good job. Okay, like, I, I, I didn't never go been... over two. I went one for oh, two. Oh, you do go one for she, two. I'm she, sorry. She I'm sorry. <laughs> she did get angel raised. Yep. Don't grow me in. Minus point for me. Um, That's awesome. That. That I love that too. Cool. That's great. 1.5 milli. Love that. Um, all right. Let's wrap up with lacrosse and then I got a roll ski. So let's do it. The women taking on number five, North Carolina. The week is finally here. We've been looking forward to this all season and a great feeling in that is Sarah, or Syracuse is number one and North Carolina is number five. We've seen it probably in the opposite uh, rankings year after year for the past few so very much looking forward to this sam your one take or your one prediction looking into this one before we get to the men i don't think this is the time that north carolina brings syracuse down i'm not saying that it's not possible but i think if it happens it's in the postseason it's not now it's not now okay orange time uh and then the and that's taking place um at what time is that at it's, it's Saturday. We'll bring you an update next week. And then the men's game, they're taking on North Carolina at a high school in Maryland, number 11, number 12, North Carolina. They have Virginia after that. They have Duke after that. Sam, can they beat one of these three teams, or could they even beat two of them? They could definitely beat one. I mean, remember from last week I said, I really hope and I believe that they could get two or three of these wins. And yeah. if I said that and I already have the first one, it does feel like out of all three of these games – this one would be the most feasible. Mm -hmm. uh, would I put my money on it? Would I bet on it? No, probably not. Okay. I would, I'm going to say if they can bring what they had against that Princeton game and bring it into this UNC game, I think they can win this game. And, and who knows, maybe even one after that. But ultimately – But are you betting on it? Uh, no, okay. no. But I think they could get one of these three. So anyway – I'm Tommy Slade, X Samantha Cross, and Rachel Culver on the producer Mike. Thank you for listening. Making sure you're liking and subscribing to our Orange Zone podcast on uh, YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Appreciate it. We're out of here. We'll see you next week.